You are listening to Mystic Tea, a podcast dedicated to the mystical and magical. I'm your host, Pasha Hanina. I've invited some of my favorite friends from many paths and traditions to share their wit and wisdom, unique gifts, and crafty conjurings. So take off your cloak, set a spell, and join us for a cuppa. Mystic Tea. Welcome back to Mystic Tea. I am your hostess, Pasha Hanina, and I'm really, really excited to have a a special friend of mine in the tea house today, dear friend, wise woman, healer, uh, Dr. Susan McGowan. Susan has been over 30 years actively studying and practicing healing modalities from around the world. She has a PhD in East-West Psychology from the California Institute of Integral Studies. Whoop, whoop for California. (laughs) Susan had the opportunity uh, to embrace integral philosophy and focuses her work on the integration of body, mind, and spirit. The integration of all spiritual paths and dimensions of existence to support clients in finding their most powerful, authentic expressions. She's especially passionate about helping others understand their underlying beliefs and patterns and find unique ways to transform limitations and bring their gifts and purpose into the world more fully. Susan uses her intuition as the foundation to explore each person's unique challenges and gifts. And I'll tell you the way that I know Susan is from her dedication, absolute dedication to our young ones in the community. And this has been many, many years um, in knowing her, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But for now, Dr. Susan, welcome to the tea house. <laughs> what you drinking? Hey, everybody. Well, you know, to get all of that stuff done, I have to be <laughs> a coffee girl. <laughs> high vibration food. <laughs> it is a high vibration food. I have, let's see, today I have Pete's coffee, I have their Colombian dark. It's always a dark, strong coffee for me. Sometimes I'll put a little bit of cinnamon oil in it just to kind of perk it up. Uh, And uh, yeah, so we've got some Pete's, another California connection. Um, Dark Rose Colombian. Yeah, I was going to ask, do they have Pete's coffee? Like not, not in the grocery store. Like, can you actually go to a Pete's in Georgia in Carrollton? Not an actual Pete's. It's in the grocery store, though. So I do look forward when I go home. I'm like, yep, we're going to Pete's. (laughs) It's it's strong enough for me. (laughs) Spending time in the Bay Area, you just get spoiled. People are like, oh, Starbucks is so good. And I'm like, don't. (laughs) And I want to show, can you guys see this beautiful mug? Um, you see? We don't normally do video, but we um, but we can. I'll post oh, okay. It's um, yeah. I didn't mug? know that you don't normally show the video, but yeah, it's a mermaid mug by a potter um, in the Asheville area, Marston Blow. Um, so if anybody runs into any of her pottery, she makes incredible, beautiful, and her bowls actually her clay bowls actually sing. Wow. I think you mentioned yes. before. Yes, she's got amazing stuff and she's just over in Asheville. Well, that's great. I'll put that in, you know, I'll do a little write-up and put it on. And if anybody wants to follow, we'll do a link to her so they can see it is gorgeous. I thought it was Yamaya. It kind of has that sort of, but which Well, you know. okay. So for me, it is. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, 
you know, other people would say, oh, what a lovely mermaid. Okay. <laughs> you get what you get, right? And and you give what you give. So um, welcome, Yamaya Mermaid. And... <laughs> Uh, Queen of the Sea and Dr. Susan. I'm going to call you Dr. Susan for now because I think that's funny. Um, But actually, I'm just going to call you Susan if that's okay. Okay. (laughs) Well, for me, I'm drinking, I'm sort of like mixing my vibe, even though there's no actual coffee in there. My tea is called vanilla latte. Uh, Okay. Nice black tea. It's got vanilla and it's got elderflowers in it. So, and I have a nice infused vanilla honey that I'm doing to give it that extra that extra something this morning. Elderflowers are so delicious. We've past couple of years, my daughter and I have been um, bottling and fermenting elderflower wine. Ooh. Very, very lovely. So it's so refreshing. It's so it is. And it has a lot of the vitamin C still. So it has a lot of the healing properties of elderberries, mm-hmm. which are also delicious. Um, yes. And elderflowers have a natural yeast, so they ferment naturally. Ooh, yum. I'm going to have to try that. Yeah. it's It's been yummy. So... So I love I love that you're drinking some elderflower in your tea because that's that's a, a really a plant that I resonate very well with as well. That does not surprise me. You and I have really interesting ways of harmonizing. And um, you know, in, in part of Mystic Tea is the joy of the people that I meet and that I know from all over that we share this path, whether that path is, you know, we come from a variety of mystical traditions. I consider myself a mini paths and nun practitioner. Um, and so I meet a lot of interesting people that way. And so some of my friends are new and some of my friends we've had for a little bit longer. And I'd like to share a little bit of how we came to meet you and I have been good, good, dear friends for a long time. Now it feels like a long time. You know, I think 2016, we got our connection. I had was in the middle of my cancer and uh, I was helping out my friend uh, or I was talking with her and she mentioned the camp, the mountain wisdom camps for girls. And um, they also do a boys camp and you were the head of the girls camp for many, many years. And she said, Oh, you know, I'm working on this. And I said, I, I need that. I need, I need some of that. And so I got in touch with you and, um, and we did that first camp, my first camp, you, you had many years of experience behind that together and, and, you know, helping to facilitate rites of passage, coming of age, but also these transitional awakenings of, of what grandmother would call real magic in our young ones. And, um, and that was it for us. Like, that's just been it. We've been, you know, soul sisters from then on out, which I'm incredibly grateful for. Um, and then, you know, Recently, you did um, a camp. Was it a camp or am I guess it was a women's retreat called Women's Retreat? Tell, tell me about that one, the Wild Woman. Yeah. So, because you know, my heart was with working with the teenage girls and those, as you as you mentioned, those kind of smaller awakenings. You know, like, hey, you are so much more than you realize. Come on. Let's, you know, connect deeper, connect deeper. 
Um, but you know, being out in the wilderness for a week with a group of teenage girls is physically incredibly difficult. And, you know, as I've gotten older and arthritis has set in all that fun stuff, it just got to be too much. And unfortunately, (laughs) though, this is a plug. Nobody else has stepped up to take on the girls camp because it is so much of a challenge. But if anybody who listens, is just like, Oh my God, I'm so called to do that. You are welcome to get in touch with Pasha and we'll get in touch with you because this is, there's a structure there for those who have a heart and the willingness to go spend time in the wilderness with a bunch of teenage girls. Um, But so when I, when that was no longer a part of my world, I was just, you know, dealing with what does it mean to change physically as we age and where else can I serve and where else am I called to serve? And then, you know, spirit showed me, you know, you can do this for adults and it not be so physically demanding. You can be in a retreat center. You can still have the nature connection. And as I was sitting with it, I was trying to understand, well, what is this really about? And I was shown that really so many of us, I, I guess I probably saw some freaking meme on social media or whatever. It was like, oh, if there's a domesticated woman, that means there's a feral woman. And I'm like, I know, I know. And I'm like, how domesticated are we really? And started looking at myself and breaking down really what our culture does to women, especially. And how we have taken on all of these beliefs and thoughts about who we are as women and what are our responsibilities, what are the expectations, and then the traumas adding other layers of that. And so I was just like, okay, this is where I'm going next. We're going to unveil the wild woman, the feral woman. We're going to pull the layers of domestication off. And allow that more authentic self to emerge. Now, it doesn't mean we don't choose to then, you know, cook dinner for our family, if that's what we choose to do. But that we live under so such deep expectations about who we should be that are not authentic to who we are. And so... That weekend came forward, just spirit started downloading, which is how, how, how I have been blessed to step more fully into that place. And I'm really grateful um, all those years of creating um, the rites of passage for the teenagers helped me develop a little bit more confidence in just getting out of the way. And so <clears throat> I got the download for the wild woman. I've done that a couple of times. It's been very powerful for those who have attended. And I'll do another one at the 1st of May um, in North Alabama. But after I'd done a couple of wild womans, I was like, some of these women were really opening their magic up. And I realized that they needed some more space and guidance. And so spirit was nudging me, hey, what are you going to do next? where's your next step? Where's your next step? And so I was like, I don't know, but help me out. Help me understand what is my next step. 
And then I started, you know, kind of getting the message, you know, this is the next step is to help others own their magic. And, you know, spirit often gives me things to do that I need. So I was like, well, and I need to own more of my magic. So, and then I was like, okay, how do I start? And spirit was like, you need to talk to Pasha. I'm like, oh, that'd be great. Let me give her a call. No, not yet. Okay. That just, and spirit was like, just sit with it. Just sit with it. Okay. I'll, you know, should I call Pasha this week? No, not yet. And then one day I was doing stuff around the house and spirit was like, you need to call Pasha. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I, I'm going to take over from here because I often talk about being the magic and, and, you know, it can be whatever you it is for you. Call it whatever you want. For me, I call it being the magic. And what that means is that we live our lives in a way where we've sort of surrendered away from, um, that's not saying we don't burn a candle, you know, when the moon is full um, or do a little howling. What I'm saying is that we open ourselves up to understand that things take the time that they take. They move in the way that they move. And when the time is right and all is coming together, the magic just happens. You actually don't have to, well, it's not, it's not a, it's not a passive B. B is an action word, but you don't have to always go looking for it. And and I want to share with you if you um if you guys will give me the indulgence. Because while uh while um Susan was receiving these not yet, not yet. Spirit was telling me, you need to go to Savannah. And Savannah is an incredibly powerful place for me. I spent a wonderful week there with my family. And then I got another several days by myself. And Spirit said, you're going to go to Tybee. You don't get to, you know, you got to, you're blocking off everything. You're sitting down and you're going to work on that book. You remember that book? that book, that book uh, that has been there for, you know, whatever. And so I said, well, what book? Cause I've got like six of them. Right. So I said, okay, I'm going to go. Well, one of the things about Tybee, Tybee, for those of you who don't know, is a beautiful, powerful beach in, um, in Georgia, just right next to Savannah. And to me, this is where I honor Yamaya. I honor her many places, but I especially honor, I can feel her. I feel like she's looking up and I don't know if this is, I'm rambling. Yes, it's true. But I don't know if it's the connection from the transatlantic slave trade that came across. It's bringing that medicine of the, of the people, of the, of the forecomers. She is there so loud for me. And so I'm sitting there with Yamaya and we have Yamaya here with us today in Susan's mug. So another so I sit down I get I I go back and I'm nice and salty and I sit on the beach and I I sit on the bed and I start putting together pieces that I have accumulated over my lifetime and this is one of the pieces it was after I got this piece all in its spot that the phone rang so here's the piece that I was working on when Susan got the message go ahead and give me a call Hidden long behind the mist is an ancient temple. 
known to man only through folk stories and pangs of memory that can be felt, intuited, smelled, tasted, but always seem a distant memory like a song from your youth. You can feel the beat, but you can't remember the words. This path is known to your soul, but like the mist, passes through you like an intangible ghost, a fleeting sensation just out of reach. In this great temple live the keepers of the natural order. They are nine, nine sisters, who reside in this living temple amongst the goddess. She is everywhere. The keepers of this ancient temple, the guardians, have suffered through the loss of balance, and the suffering is also in the distant memory, like a bruise on the heart. But they are also resilient. It is here in this temple that the web of balance, harmony, and the restoration of order are woven. These great weavers, keepers of the wind, the waters, the elements, the earth, the fire, the ether. They have sworn an oath to protect ancient memories and wisdoms. Long ago, this wisdom was not hidden. Grandmother tells me what we call magic today was not magic in those times. It is just the way it was. Magic, as some call and use it today, has been altered. And she calls this manipulative magic. And that is magic that has a personal intent behind it. It is used to alter the natural order for one reason or another, to interfere with the destiny that was was woven. And there is a price for that. There are many reasons why people may choose to use manipulative magic, but that is not our concern here. We are concerned with what grandmother calls the original magic. Bring, bring. Hi, this is Susan. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. so there we have it. Um, and thank you for that indulgence. But I just thought, you know, you can tell someone, hey, I was just working on that. And, and they're like, oh, that's great. But then when you, when you when you sort of see how those pieces tie together, because we know that this is what spirit wants us to do. So I'm going to step out of the way. Now, you've heard my take on it. But Susan, help us to understand now what unveiling the wise woman, which is a retreat we're doing in just a couple of weeks here in Hot Springs. But help us understand what that means to you. Yeah, you know, and 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 it is the perfect example. So, you know, I, I kind of feel that in our journey, you know, they're in a way unveiling the wild woman is a first step, if you will. We have to, you know, really let go of all the cultural expectations, all the fears, the doubts about who we in this lifetime are. And then as we kind of get comfortable with who we are kind of on this particular plane of existence, unveiling the wise woman is a call to go deeper. You know, humans have recorded from the beginning of any records, incredible, if you will, magical things that they were able to do. Healers, shamans, medicine people, the prophets, you know, the visions, the, and, and in our culture, we think that that's extra special, like, or not even real. And yet we have record after record 
of humans doing and being that throughout history. You know, even things like bilocation, shape-shifting, um, psychic surgeries. And there are still people who can do that, but we, you know, they're kind of shunned and pushed away as if it can't be real. Right. So, but it is real. And it has always been within the playbook, if you will, of who we are as human. We've always had those capabilities or we wouldn't have the histories and the stories and even the present day people able to do some of these things still, you know, the, the belief that we do not have access to that or can't have access to that is a direct result of colonization. And it you know, colonization is, you know, a power over, which means they have to take away the power from the people who are being colonized, which is why we had witch hunts, which is why we had, you know, just such horrible, horrible things placed upon people who remembered and continued to practice what was always known as possible. And so when I look in, you know, it's kind of, I love astrology and, you know, I've been following and paying attention the planet Pluto, which would be indigenous traditions. Pluto would represent indigenous uh, traditions moves into Aquarius, which is new technology and new ways of being, right? So on the one hand, we have the technology, the AI, and this kind of stuff that's coming through. And on the other hand, we have the opportunity to reconnect with the ancient technology. You know, it's like Pluto entering into Aquarius and for the next 20-ish years is, is an invitation to reconnect with the ancient technologies. And through those ancient technologies, we can help balance out the modern technologies. And the harm that modern technology brings because it's out of balance. So to me, it's like, yes, it's it's important to remind us that we are so much more than we realize. On the other hand, if we don't wake up and realize this and start working these ancient magics to help balance the technologies and the changes that are happening from the industrial colonized perspective, I don't, you know, that to me is like the the way that we can truly make a difference and finding some balance. I mean, I don't I don't think anybody disagrees that our that humans are so far out of balance on the earth. I think that that's a pretty much a given. And so what are we going to do about that? How are we going to balance? And so one thing that came to mind for me when you were talking about, um, you know, unveiling the wild woman, the feral woman into mm-hmm. authenticity to be able to walk authentically in as wise woman. Um, mm-hmm. Not all wild women are living in a cave and crunching on bones. Why right. <laughs> as easily um, be very gentle hearted. They can authentically find great fulfillment 
in rocking their babies or uh, sitting in solitude or, you know, writing poetry, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. and it, it, it is, it isn't the, it isn't the outward expression of wildness, but rather mm-hmm. the internal embracing of authentic self that says, yes. who was I before you told me who I was supposed to be? And when yes. you knew that, whoever you is, right? TV, parents, friends, whatever, whoever it is, when you find her, she can't help but go looking for more. She <laughs> wants to take those layers deeper. And, and it's really, really phenomenal to lead into that, uh, that truth in this time. And when I say in this time, I mean as of a week ago, because this time was different in December. And this time was different in 2012 when, you know, things shifted in that way or 2016 when, or, or 1967, when people said, we're not going to war, you know, all those things, all these, these movements of slowly moving ways of thinking and ways of allowing people to tell you what's real and what's not real have been in place. But this time, this, wherever we are, I feel personally like I am just in a constant state of download. And to me, those are the ancient technologies that you're speaking about. These are the technologies that our four ancestors drew on the wall or doodled in the caves or made their staff. They understood this in a way. Uh, and then somebody came along and said, hmm, all of your power doesn't serve me. Therefore, I'm going to destroy you for it. And it had to, Correct. Hide. Had to hide. Yep. And, uh, and it's not hiding anymore. Yep. Right. And so it's it's such a powerful time. If you're willing, if you're yes. courageous enough to look at the truth. And many think that these changes, these transformations are for their benefit. One of the things that I see are people that say, hey, this is all about me, 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 me. And you're still sort of living in that I have to to prove to you mentality. That's not quite authentic. It's really that surrender that whatever's happening around you, if you want to be fully in it, you have to be fully in it with the understanding that you are, right? It is not separate from you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And also that when the all is in balance and harmony and order, cosmic order, mahat, when that's all in place, you're already covered. You're part of that all. So you don't have to pigeonhole, but I need $500 to pay my rent. 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 I still need $500 to pay my rent. Like you don't have to pigeonhole that. So, So these are things that are changing. Like, just like, it's almost like this new astrological cycle that you're talking about. It's like someone took a filter off of a, of a light and it's like, 
It's a good way to put it. Yeah. You know I mean? And it's like even just a couple of months ago, I feel like people were still like, I'm leading up to it. I'm leading up to it. I'm leading up to it. And then it all like it or not, you know, what's that, you know, ready or not, here I come kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when you talk about these shifts and changes that have been happening, of course, I'm thinking astrologically, you know, oh, yeah, that's when Pluto changed a new Pluto generation, whatever. But that's right. And, 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 and I have a very Plutonian chart. So uh, I'm very sensitive personally to what Pluto does. And, um, but, and I love because Pluto does represent indigenous wisdom and magic. That is part of what Pluto represents. Talk to me a little bit more about that. So Pluto, of course, represents Hades, the God of the underworld, right? Now the underworld, yes, is a place of death and suffering, but it is also a place of great wealth and gifts. If you can face the underworld, and you know, a lot of those stories have been given to the energy of dragon, right? The dragon guarding the lair. And if you know the stories of the great knight, St. George and the dragon, whatever, all of these stories that have come through myth about facing the dragon to you know, and if you come at the dragon with greed, the dragon will destroy you. But if you face the dragon with this deeper understanding of, you know, I don't, gosh, so many ways in the, the ways that the stories of the dragon unfold, like, you know, when someone is successful at at vanquishing or integrating, if you will, the dragon. They have to be humble. They have to step way beyond what they ever thought was possible about who they are. They have to dig deep into authentic core gifts and strengths to fully vanquish or it's really about integrating that part of us to receive the gifts and um, whether the dragon in the stories is killed or the dragon then become befriends that person. And that person is able to harness fully that energy, right? So Pluto has a lot of that energy um, connected to it. Uh, I, I, I actually Rick Tarnas, for those of you who know astrology, uh, Rick or Richard Tarnas was one of my professors at uh, CIIS in, in San Francisco, and he is also an incredible astrologer. He and Stan Groff have worked together, um, and he talks a lot about the Plutonian energy um, and about um, ancient wisdoms. And being able to go really deep into the kind of what we have been told is the is evil or dark. And, and not to say that there's not evil in the world, but we have been told and trained that magic, that these gifts are evil, they're dark. We're not supposed to go there. Danger, warning, don't go there, don't go there. You know, you're a witch, let's kill you, whatever. Or but, it's not real and you're crazy. Yeah, or it's not real. 
and and so it's kind of like the dragon is guarding the layer. Mm-hmm. So in order for us to reconnect with that energy, right? We have to dig deep into our authentic self, get past these stories of these fears. Um, and it's kind of like the story of Demeter and Persephone. Um, you know, Persephone goes into, is taken by Hades, right? But she goes through the seven gates as she learns and grows in wisdom you know, at first she's like, oh my goodness, I'm trapped, I'm trapped, help, help, right? The 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 powerless woman. And then, and I know Demeter, ste- you know, the story steps in and blah, blah, blah. But when you look at Persephone's journey itself and her transformation and her learning that then allows her to live in both worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Living in in both worlds is, you hit the nail on the head right there. Yeah. I think that this is the call because um, you mentioned the dragon as well. And and you and I both have a really strong affinity for dragons and, and they mean a lot to our personal path. But one of the things that has sort of been revealed to me over time is that the people that are here right now, you know, the people that are here on this planet right now doing this work authentically, we are those who have been keepers of this ancient wisdom. The one that lived behind the dragon, the one that had to be hidden. There's a reason why that dragon is guarding that gateway. And the reason is they don't know how to use it, right? They don't know how to use it, but but that doesn't mean they don't want it, right? If they if they're gonna if they want to destroy it, they want to destroy it all. And so, and this is this is not literal, okay? This is just throwing out a, a, an imagery here, but they went into they they were seeds of this wisdom were hidden, and mm-hmm. and those keepers now many really struggled to both carry that seed that made no sense for many. Many people have carried this and not have any idea of what they're doing. They might be diagnosed with a disorder. They might um, feel some um, burdens that they don't understand because they don't relate to this worldly existence. Right. So there's all these different things that might affect them. They haven't known how to live in both worlds. And so now that it's sort of rising up, um, being able to express themselves authentically, to be carrying the medicine or the magic and living authentically in a physical form um, takes incredible bravery. and, um, And I feel like, you know, that's what's being asked because it hasn't been easy to live a 3D physical world in this Plutonian existence. Yep. And then be like, uh, the trees are talking to me. Um, can you hold on just a second? Uh, yeah, the bird says go right up here. You know, like, uh, and, and, and 
you know, I, I, my, um, my professional experience for the better part of my life before we, you know, moving to LA was in law, you know, boom, law dogma. (laughs) This is the law is how we do things. Um, and, and those are the constructs of our society. You know, I knew how to live in both worlds, you know, and, 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 but I didn't really, you know, I really didn't know, but I, I managed to muddle through it. And I think that that is where people are feeling, not just women, I think men also, those constructs for them are certainly breaking apart. They thought they had it all figured out. And now, you know, we're changing the rules, <laughs> we're changing the rules on them. Um so I don't know. I think I think that that living in both worlds has really just summed it up like a really good goal for upcoming times, you know. Well, and and the piece of that too to remember in the story of Persephone, right? She does. She has to have incredible courage to not break under. She has to dig deep, deep, deep. But she has and has to find her true authenticity. So when, but when she emerges, not only does she now live in both worlds, but she brings balance. Mm-hmm. Right? She brings balance because she was able to walk in both worlds. And she was able to find her authentic expression. And so she brings balance to the earth. She brings the springtime, and then when she goes back underneath, that's the fall. And the, you know, it's like it's these stories have so much power when we really start looking deeply at the each little piece. And so here we are needing balance. We've and I, it's. It's not a. It's not like oh, it's all up to just women, right? And yes, men need this. And we've been living under the patriarchal model for a really, really long time. And if women don't do this work, we won't be able to bring the balance. That truer words have never been spoken, my friend. <laughs> that, that's it. That's what it's about. Well, our time is actually up, and I think that is a perfect way for us to say goodbye. Thank you so much for joining me. I cannot wait um, for our gathering in the Sacred Mountains in just a couple of weeks. Our Unveiling the Wise Woman retreat is March 15th, 16th, and 17th here in Hot Springs, North Carolina. It is a residential thing, so you need to stay if you want to come. We only have a couple spots left. Uh, I'm not sure that we have any beds left, but we do still have a couple of spots with camping available, and um, we'd love to have you if that's something that you're interested in. If you want to catch this one or perhaps the next one and do some hard work, but also a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I would love to have you. You can find out more about that on my website or, um, or I, I will just send them to a wand and earth. They can sign up right there yes. at of wandandearth.com and find out all about it. And until then, blessed be. Yeah. Blessed be. Thank you.
Thank you, Susan. Thank you for listening. Mystic Tea is produced by the Ostara Network in conjunction with Abwand and Earth and the Two Brooms Tea House. Abwand and Earth is a mystical mercantile nestled in the magical mountains of North Carolina. We invite you to stop on in if you're ever in the Asheville area or visit us online at www.abwandandearth.com to learn more. Until then, blessed be.